0: Wait, so you're, so you're surprised that you look homeless. That was, you just, you just looked, you looked and you're like, okay, we're going to, yeah. So you're like, I'm, I look homeless and that's just, you, you looked at the TV, you saw yourself and you're like, man, do I look homeless? And it's like, I thought that was the look you were going for. Hey man, we're just dogging it out.
1: I'd give you some change, but I'm not sure if you're going to use it for food. And, anyway, you know, hey, welcome I'd to the outlaw.
0: Welcome yeah. to the yeah, right. We got an extra cardboard Amazon box. We need it. Uh, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. So glad that you're joining us tonight. Uh, you are watching uh, the live stream recording of a podcast that gets released on Thursdays. Uh, I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come hang out with us one Sunday morning. Uh, Our service is at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good church, you can watch online. Uh, Calvary316.live is our YouTube channel. Again, the service is at 1030. We'd love for you to join us on the interwebs. Uh, I am joined, as always, in the studio, live, uh, with the man that needs no introduction, the maestro of this dysfunction, Scrooge McDuck, a.k.a. Pope Creighton Vaughn. Hello. I am so excited for Halloween and
2: Thanksgiving after that. Because there are two holidays between now and the end of you the know, year. You know, I don't. I don't It's just, very important. I don't to me disagree with that. There with are that. two holidays, Justin.
0: I mean, I d- I I don't important ones. One. No, I don't disagree with you. I don't like know about it. Halloween being all that important, but uh, but definitely Thanksgiving. I, I it is a bit like we don't do. There's nothing Christmas in my house until the day after Thanksgiving because we like Thanksgiving. Like we we embrace thanksgiving we make an emphasis to thanksgiving what it means and, and being thankful and you know all all that runs into it mm. we're not in a hurry to get to christmas but me neither the friday the day after thanksgiving it's our tradition that i go with the boys and we get a real real christmas tree mm. and then we just we you know we decorate it and get it all set up so that's kind of our flow we're very big we we do halloween although our decor is more more fall pumpkins and whatnot
2: and fall leaves fall leaves i got the hiccups yeah
0: you see in
2: when i was growing up we always did christmas on december 6th because that was my uh that was my dad's birthday. So that was the year that, like, Christmas season started.
3: Like, so uh, started or it started? It started. We didn't, like,
2: okay. do Christmas Day. Gotcha. But we did, like, like that I was, was, that was that the year we brought out the Christmas really tree weird, yeah. and set it up and put all the ornaments and crap on it. Cool. And that was when our Christmas season started, was December 6th. Well, so we do it. Which we feels do it, much better to me than November 26th or whatever it is. We do it
0: the day. The reason we do it the day after Thanksgiving, it's twofold. One, um, I still have a few days off. So mm-hmm. it's just, like, a good there's like a good window that I can, I can help as opposed to like the, as a pastor, pastoring a church, everything that gets crazy with the Christmas season, uh, the further we get into December, the less likely it is. I can help Jessica with, with decorating and Makes getting sense. stuff out of the attic, whatnot. Uh, the other reason is that I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of a real Christmas tree. I love yes. having a real Christmas tree. I love the smell of a Christmas tree. Th- the thing about a real Christmas tree though, is that dad it, they're expensive. Um, they are that they are expensive. And so it's like, if I'm buying this choker and I'm going to spend the money for it, I want every day I can get out of it. Um, and so that's why I can't do it by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has to come and go, but dadgummit the next day we're giving, we're, we're going to get every bit of life. We're going to suck the life out of that tree. <laughs> um, uh, so we're also joined in studio uh, by uh, two uh, of the merry men, two of our, of our friends, our brothers, uh, Spice Daddy, Hattie, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. I had an odd
1: beginning of the week, an odd beginning um, of the week. But today, I I started mixing in Christmas music. I haven't gotten full blown, but I uh, started mixing in. Need some hope and peace in the world, and you know the best way to, to get you in that mood is Christmas music.
0: Commercialized, singing garbage.
3: loud for all to hear.
1: Trans Siberian Orchestra,
0: you know. Yeah. Also also joined in studio uh, by the guy that we were talking about. He, he, he looked up right as we were going live, looked up. I, I, Y'all I look did was me I was
3: home, look homeless. We got <laughs> deal, right. Daddy Derek in the house. Look, man, I'm going to be honest with you guys. The older Don't. I've been getting, the more and more I like Christmas season a little bit. See, you got to cat It's how you say it. Thanksgiving can fall within Christmas season. So I don't disagree. mind sprinkling in a couple decorations within the week or the two before Thanksgiving. But I 100% agree. We grew up doing Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. Like, that's when we brought down the tree. That's when we started setting it up, doing all the things. But I'm like, well, in my own home and leading my own household, I don't mind sprinkling a little bit the week or two Spr- beforehand. Sprinkling. I'm listening to Christmas a little music little. in July. So, like, I'm already, like, like, just pop off a couple. And then once we oh. get into... November late
0: November. you know I do have you ever noticed that, that Andy and Andy leads worship at our church that every once in a while so like one of the most famous um, Christmas carols that Andy plays during the Christmas season is I heard the bells on Christmas
2: One of my favorite hymns easily the best Christmas song ever made.
0: Oh uh, it's fantastic absolutely I, I, I agree with that entirely but he'll he'll randomly throw it into like a June set Oh yeah just every once in a while he'll and throw I'm there
1: up, I'm there for that.
0: I heard the bells on you Christmas. Know what?
1: I actually am too. No, you can't claim that, Creighton. You know <laughs> what? I can claim
2: that no, because no, 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 I may no, no, not no, no, be no, no, big no. on Christmas, but I am big on hymns. I love me a good hymn.
0: That's true. Sir, and so, so, no, that, and is a, that is not a that's not a
2: hymn. <laughs> so, yeah. what is it? What is Lovely it about loves. the
0: hymns, Creighton, that you that you like? You. Uh, they tend to be really textual
2: and like. I think verbose is the wrong word, but it's the word that's coming to
0: mind. That's a good word, verbose. Um, I like like they're one. very
2: full. Hymns have a lot of emotion, but the emotion is always, not always, in a good hymn, the emotion is uh, wrapped in like what is really meaty words.
3: It's very articulate. Yeah, what it, like- and it
2: deals with a lot of important themes as opposed to one of my least favorite worship songs which I'm actually not going to name one because then that causes a whole problem. But what I would call bad worship, (laughs) the audience member that's present
0: is, is bummed out. Like I was ready for um, this. What
2: I would call bad worship songs have a similar emotional weight to a good hymn and none of the textual weight. And that that, I, I really don't like that. Like it's, it's fine. I'll, I'll sing them on Sunday and I enjoy singing them. When I say my least favorite, it's like, you know, one's here and one's, they're still high on my list of songs to listen to, especially for worship, but like, yeah. just I can take it like or leave worshiping it in God. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> is that, that's, that's joy. Yeah, he he just really joy. joy. No, I just, I like to. my emotional weight tied into textual weight.
0: That's comfortable. It sounds nope. like it is. No, I, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And I, yeah, I think that that's little. kind of an insightful, it. it's an insightful perspective. You know, the one thing that, as you were saying that, that, um, I've never really thought about before. Um, you know, just the contrast between modern, modern worship music. Um, or let, let me rephrase that. Modern worship lyrics. Mm-hmm. Cause music's all relative in that sense. Like music's music, same notes, just different chord progressions. That doesn't matter. We're talking about the lyrics. Um, again, if you strip away, cause oftentimes if you talk about the difference between modern, modern worship and, and, and hymns, you do almost immediately gravitate to the musical style behind them, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's that's just such a um, a bastardization of the conversation. Agreed, because it's really not. It's just music. Um, what the difference is is lyrical. It's it's a lyrical difference in regards to um, the substance, and, and we've talked about that before on the show, um, but but this this is the new thought that I had. It's not just the substance; it's also um, the style. It's the lyrical style. Um, hymns are very, very much more poetic um, and wordy, even beyond the wordy. Because, word. like, I'm not, and and that's the only drawback I have to certain hymns is how wordy they are. Mm-hmm. Because it, sometimes they just become very hard to sing. And if something becomes hard to sing, it's hard to identify with. It's hard to worship with. Yeah, I, I, get, th- I can I can give that. I only session. have
1: one argument. I'm just saying wordiness. the poetry,
0: I'm just, wait one second, I'm just saying the poetry angle, like there's something, there's, there's, there's a lyrical beauty in the way that, that older songs were written, and then you compare them today, I, th- I think that there's some really good songs today, modern songs, that have solid substance, but you know, they, they do lack uh, a bit of the poetry of them, and that, that's, that's emblematic of, of modern writing, uh, modern fiction, Versus like reading Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, I want with Sherlock Holmes down for us, a- too, things so are dumbed down. Like, There's yeah. not there, that we have we have very much lost um, a lot of the art and the weight of language. Um, you know, you go back, you you watch you watch sh- shows that are that are older. Whether it's like Peaky Blinders or you're watching The Crown, um, mm-hmm. uh, the the language again, the language that's used, um, people were were much more articulate. And um, the way that they um, express themselves, and I think that that, that also carried into uh, into into worship, which which I enjoyed. Yeah, Justin, well,
1: I, I I tend to agree with what you're saying, but I've I think we focus a lot on how the words are written and stuff. Because I mean, it, it says in the Bible, you know, when we get up to heaven, we're going to be, be singing, "Holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty." Well, that's but, just and, the first and, stanza. Well, well, you know what I mean. it's, yeah. it's like simple and direct. Yeah, and I think it, what it boils down to for me is, I yeah, I prefer the old style of stuff. I mean, when I was in middle school, I was reading all the old classics and stuff, and 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 I enjoyed those, and rather than reading some of these modern novels and stuff that are s- really super simple and just mindless drivel half the time, mm. but the, I think modern worship fits kind of in that category I, I want to see more depth in the lyrics uh, but at, at the same time there's a there's there has to be a balance between lyrics and emotion and I think a lot of the more modern uh, worship stuff leans heavier on the emotional side rather than the yeah, the lyrical yeah, context for sure. So the too.
3: worship is the positioning of the heart in the first place too. In no matter what it is, like when the Bible talks about David, just danced his heart out for the Lord, you know, and that was the sign of worship. But yeah, the <laughs> context <a> Jew, and <laughs> what, yeah, no, they, that same thing. So yeah, literally, but the context of how it's being presented, yeah, it does seem a little more dumbed down in a way and of what, what's actually being said, like the 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 breadth of context that's actually there seems to be lacking it's just yeah
2: and i'm not because i i agree with you that the whole point of worship is to a express yourself to god and b put your heart in the right spot to then listen to a bible study so i don't actually have a problem with other people who like the newer style of worship because
0: i don't like it's all preference it's all preference and
2: i prefer the more i agree wordy theologically sound in quotes theologically sound hymns because that helps me Mm. but like i'm not getting my theological knowledge from hymns right so you can have the fluffiest (laughs) poppiest worship and then go into a heavy bible study and if that works for you in your church cool like i have no problem with that it's just me you know what i
0: mean i like what we do at calvary 316 between whether it's andy leading worship or it's aaron and ashton Mm -hmm. leading worship is that there is a there is a, a broad diversity in the songs that are being played like i mean we're playing do we play stuff i mean um, we we play all of the old hymns mm-hmm. and in a way that you've probably never heard them i mean how great thou art how great thou art is 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 james brown i mean it is swung yes. hard you know um There's also a great metal cover of how great they are, if anyone wants to (laughs) see it. So there's, so, so, I mean, from, from old hymns to the most modern stuff, whether it's from Bethel or upper room, I mean, we we play it all. If it's a good song, we're going to use it. And, but I love to have the diversity because if you, if, if let's say like yourself, you you connect with a particular thread and someone Mm -hmm. else like having the diversity where it kind of hits everybody at once, I think is is such a f- a refreshing type of a thing and it yeah, also stops sense. it from becoming mundane well no doubt
1: well that and I think a lot of people get trapped in oh this the newer stuff is it's it's not, it's, These not kids cre- today. it's not Christian anymore because yeah. it's not like the stuff I used to listen to when I was younger and stuff like that and, and I don't want to be trapped in that mindset you know you know what I mean yeah like, I, I find when like you got to look and, and looking at the lyrics is important because if you're not checking out what you're singing in church, yeah. that yeah, you should yeah. read the lyrics, <laughs> <Yeah. Right. laughs> but, but don't get trapped in this. Oh, it's, it, it sounds like this. Therefore it must be lesser than bef- the, the stuff before. You know, That's the also other, a good point. You yeah. know, the
0: other trap that I, I just, I can't stand. And this happens all the time when you go to a conference and there's like a pastoral panel, because inevitably you'll get someone to ask one of the pastors about, hey, do you guys play songs from such and such? Do you guys do Hillsong? You play Hillsong? Do you do you play Bethel? You know they'll throw out um, different you know move church movements and some of the worship songs that have come out of them, and uh, and you get, you get really dogmatic people like that are very hardliners, and it's like. um, Hey, uh, do you Because um, the logic is well, hey, those people don't have our beliefs, or you know, th- there's been sin in the camp, or you know, we have to we have to look at the author of the song bef- and agree with the author his life before the song is can be accepted. Well, I guess we're gonna have to throw out all the. Oh my songs. goodness! Yeah. it's like, well, uh, how many of you play David? How yeah. many of you do King David? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the adulterer, murderer uh, who ruined his family. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, like if we start playing that game, um, or
3: any other non-like any other secular music that that person has or has not <laughs> listened I, it, to, it
0: it it becomes. Well, and then I had the thought. I had the thought. I was actually, so I played bass during worship, and I was having this this thought process while we were doing rehearsal uh, about this particular topic. It's just one of those random conversations happening in my own head while we we're rehearsing, and it's like, um, like name any other part of, of church life that we would have the same criteria. Um, hey, that communion bread, was it made by, by Christians or was it Jews who don't believe they, <laughs> they rejected Jesus. It's like, well, we got to get, we got to get rid of the only place we can get non leavened bread from was the it, Jews. Is there a, a Christian Indian? out there doing non leavened, uh, you know, unleavened bread? Um, you know, did, yeah. did we expel the, well, you know, we're actually using who uh, makes saltines. Cause that would technically count. I don't would know. It? You, or, that's not the or point. White or that's not,
1: I'm giving you some options.
0: That's not the point. Give me some options. The uh, <laughs> but like we use we use kosher grape juice, you know, in addition to wine. But it's like, but we use wine, so it's like, well, what about those winemakers? Um, mm. Are they believers? What do they stand for? It's like, who heathens? <laughs> who made the baptismal pool? Because I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was having that conversation. I was just looking around our building, like we don't have the cameras that are doing our live stream. You know what asian made those you know it's like, <laughs> were they a believer can we really are we bringing in the
1: devil's juice well, now according to the numbers in china at least there's a good <laughs> chance that, that could be true <laughs> so anyway
0: so um the way the show works is uh creighton drops a topic my job is to turn that topic into a bible study uh by the help of these gentlemen that are in the room including our aud- audience member Robert. Um, before we get to the topic, I tend to like to bring something in. It's typically my own little rant, but this is actually a question I want to bring in that I thought was very interesting, and it's a question uh, that my mom, actually, uh, we were hanging out, and she said, hey, I think this would be a good topic, something to, to bring up in the Outlaw Radio Show. So she asked me this question, and I, I was like, that's a great question. Um, uh, that's that's a, a loaded question. But um, I really like that question, and the question was because we have all this stuff going on in Israel right now, and we've we've tried to to discuss a little bit about Israel in each of the episodes that we've done since you know Hamas kind of uh, did their incursion into uh, southern Israel. Uh, what was it, the seventh of October? Wasn't it the seventh or the sixth? Yeah, uh, one of those dates. Anyway, the um, so you had you've had like again. The way that the world has responded, the way the Americans responded, the way our governments responded—like that's all like game for topic. Like we could have topics and conversations galore about just the way that everybody has reacted, differing opinions, and, and then the strategies moving forward. What should we do? What should we not do? As an as America, they're our ally. We kind of are beholden to help them with certain defense. Does that include? Boots on the ground—is this the precursor to World War III? Um, You know, I mean, you can go in all kinds of directions uh, with this particular topic, and and they're um, all—they all demand some conversation and attention to some degree. The question that was asked, though, I I thought was so interesting. So, within Christianity, you've had—you've had one one reaction um, within Christianity that, and we addressed this last week by discussing replacement theology. You've had one reaction where it's like, Hey, you know, as the church, we should stay out of this. Um, Israel, there's really nothing that makes Israel unique anymore. Um, w- the church replace Israel. Uh, we're not, we're not obligated. in that sense, like they're not God's people anymore. Um, and because they're not God's people, why, why do we, as a, as Christians somehow give them some type of preferential treatment? Because they're not God's people. We're God's people, and so there is there is kind of an approach to how we should deal with the, the, the geopolitical issue that's rooted in replacement theology, which I disagree with because while I do believe that the church is the bride of Christ, I believe that, that there is still a prophetic timeline that God intends for the Jewish people. The church has not replaced Israel. Uh, Israel, there is still, God still has a plan um, for this particular group of people, and, and we, we see a lot of prophecy articulated towards that plan. We see the book of Revelation, including Israel within it, etc. But the question was, and here's the other end of it. So the other end of the spectrum, the evangelical spectrum, for those that, that would hold my the- theological position, they would say, well, we need to be involved with this. They are God's people. We should defend them. And if push comes to shove, um, we shouldn't worry about World War Three. We shouldn't worry about um providing air support to Hez, you know for for Hezbollah incursions in the north. Um we should uh as as we shouldn't really war game out what bringing Iran into the mix would be because we know we're gonna win. Like when it's all said and done, God will even even if the it, like it's all a a, a show and all's a mess, and like we've really stepped in it and like the deck just stacked, you know, the cards It's all stacked against Israel. Uh, Don't worry because we know how this ends and God will take care of it. It's like a short term Calvinism.
3: (laughs) That's how I feel about voting. Right, right. (laughs) No, seriously. I actually
0: agree with you on the voting. So, so, but there is, there is this sentiment. So the question that my mom asked was, and, and I thought it so summarized the essence of this conversation Because she says, is God obligated to defend Israel? And that's such an interesting question. And before I answer the question, I've got to like, like if you were to say yes, now you have some other problems. So if you were to say, yeah, God will, God will defend Israel. God will protect the Jewish people. Well, then how do you explain the Holocaust? Where was God then? If God's obligated to protect them now, then why didn't he feel an obligation to protect them when 6 million of them were exterminated?
3: I mean, the same thing in Egypt. Like he allowed them to go through persecution for them to be freed. So it's the same thing. So yeah,
0: you go even like way, way further back. It's the same thing. Let me, let me land in the middle of then. Like, well, what about 70 AD? You know, with Titus Vespasian, like did God defend, was God obligated to defend Israel? No. Why? Well, because they were being judged, and Jesus even predicted this.
3: If He doesn't allow persecution, there's no opportunity for salvation,
0: for sure. So, so, so God, God has allowed God allows things for His own purposes. So, so within this situation, now yes, um, the budding of the fig leaf, uh, forty-eight, Israel becomes a state after two thousand years. I'm, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. There seems to be just a mountain of, 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 of prophecy. There's a sensation of that that the time is is nigh, um, that things are moving quickly to a head. Um, we can look at global affairs, and we can look at you know the the prophetic presentation of the environment of the world, leading to the rapture and the second coming of Jesus. <clears throat> can we say like, man, we can war game, we can play this out, man? We it seems like it's hot. All that's true. I'm not discounting that. At the same time. Um, God is not obligated. Like, could God's plan very much be, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to allow Israel to get destroyed, and the Jews disperse again because I'm not coming back for another thousand years. Biblically speaking, well, I would say that's kind of maybe unlikely. Is completely probable. I mean, define unlikely
2: because every generation prior to ours. Have had reasons to believe they were the last generation. Yes, Especially yes. during like speaking of World War II. Yes. The world easily could have come to an end then. Yeah. Like, I am very not of the opinion that like I'm not I'm not, not of the opinion that the end times are coming. I am just not as focused on that. Focused on that. Yeah, for sure. I think that the I think that the chances of there being another diaspora and Jesus not coming back for another thousand years. Are as equal, or as or as equally as likely as this war turning into Gog and Magog and Jesus coming back in two years or ten years. Or the, the only I think the two things are fifty fifty.
0: Listen, listen. I, I would not put it at fifty fifty, and my argument would be, um, like there is there is a totally different capability um, for annihilation and global destruction that exists today. Um, that we that the, the world has never encountered before. that has like,
2: been the same for every generation for the last two thousand years. No, well, no like nuclear, nuclear bombs warfare. didn't exist. No, no, nu- nu- yes, I realize that, but there've been advances where every generation could say, "No, but my I'm parents just saying, didn't have to deal no, with this I, I, kind I get of you. warfare."
0: I get you. I'm just saying, but you look at the scenario of of the the end time the in time scenario. You look at at what at least like the the greatest like there are things about the book of revelation um that i think are only now illuminated that 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 maybe like that we could actually look at and say wow that's that's more probable now than it's ever been not to say that it, it couldn't be more probable later but i'm just to t- to your point like like even looking at the 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 image of the beast like that whole that whole passage you have the antichrist the beast and then you have the image the statue of the beast that speaks for the beast. And you read through that and you're like, that's the trippiest stuff I've ever, I've ever read before. I have, and again, for 2000 years, people like, I I can't even conceptualize any scenario where that even like is remotely a possibility. I, I just can't even conceive of it until now. Can I throw a wrench in the
2: works with what you just said? Sure. I think that when the image of the beast shows up, it will be inconceivable. Like right now, I can conceive of AI. Like I have an idea of what AI is. My mom in the, I almost said 30s, she was not that old. My mom (laughs) in the 70s, my mom in the 70s would not have been able to conceive of AI. Her mom in the 20s I wouldn't have any idea what the internet is right no no like, for sure i, I think you're, ma- but that ma- I think you're making now,
1: one key mistake okay
2: this. because th- all i'm saying is i see them as equally likely i don't th- i don't disagree with you
0: that these I, things I think you're look kind of like validating my point I, of like I think there's some making, things that make yeah more i think sense you're now.
1: making a key mistake in this that the book of revelation <laughs> the the entire bible was written from a the perspective of the uh, of of israel the hebrew people and b the from that time period of, of people. So their conceptualization of things in the future are going to be vastly different from even somebody from the 1970s. I totally agree and, with you. And so, but I think one key verse comes into play in, in the fact that it says, as the days of Noah were, so will the last days be. And so I think we have to look at what that that means to kind of get a better estimate of are we nearing the,
0: Time. And again, and I don't, know, I don't but we're, we're, but we're, I, we're, Divi, we're, the, we're, you kind of took us a little off the rails, Cray. I'm going to well, bring I wanna, Well, that's because that, that informs my answer. Right. No, no, no. But I'm say, I'm just saying like, I agree with you and then disagree with you all at the same time. Like, I, I really do think that there is, there is a, a, Hey, could we, could there be a scenario where all of the technological advancements disappear, not just disappear, but, but end up destroying ourselves. And then therefore disappearing. Absolutely. Like we're all implodes and like, like we find ourselves middle of next year without the internet, without electricity, without technology, with, like with all, without all of them. Mon- and we're like, how did we get here? Like, yeah, that could absolutely happen. And then we're back to 1200 AD. The days of Noah. <laughs> yeah. We're back to 1200 AD. We're, well, actually I think the days of Noah might've been more advanced than that. Well, yeah, maybe. he did build an arc. Um, took him 120 years, but he still built an ark. Pre pre-flood world—that's a whole other conversation true, for another true, day. True, 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 true. But but the the notion—and I guess this is just the caution—because I want to get to your topic. I just wanted to address mm-hmm. this: Is God obligated to defend the Jewish people? No, um, no the answer is no. He's not. Um, in fact, if if like could the current political s- setup end up leading to a second Holocaust? There was a first Holocaust. There have been other Holocausts in history with the Jewish people. There have been even rises of other antichrists, but it wasn't the end. I want to go one step deeper now. Okay. What's ultimately what's holding God back? From initiating what I'd call Daniel's seventieth week, that last seven years, like what is with straining the 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 revealing of the Son of Perdition. Paul talks about this, and it's the Holy Spirit at work through the church, meaning this that God has a plan for this dispensation. God has a plan for the church age. Every day that the church hasn't been raptured is the indication that God is not done with the church. And therefore there are more people alive that God desires salvation for before wrath. So if there was a scenario where God's like, you know, the Jewish people, this would have been a good time, but you know what? It's not now. It's grace and mercy because there's still more people that God is trying to reach. Now, When does God turn His attention back to the Jewish people prophetically? It's when the dispensation or the times of the Gentiles is completed. I I really do hold to the 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 hermeneutic that um, that there is like someone will pray a prayer and give their life to Jesus, and they were the last one, and it is the it is the conclusion. And boom, the church is wrapped. God's like that. We're complete. Which means that if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you could be that person, and shame on you. Give your life to Jesus right now so we can just go home. I think that's exactly how that kind of sentiment should be put. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get on with it, please. Yes. Um, You're dragging your feet and it's affecting us all. Um, But, you know, again, I just think, um, yeah, that's an interesting thought to a non-believer. Yeah. It was uh, the audience member chiming in there. Um, (laughs) It's a good time. but But I do think that's an important question. Because I think Christians can get all too cavalier with how America should approach approach a crisis in the Middle East, thinking, well, of course God will, God will get it. He's got it. Because we think we're really close and that our involvement in whatever happens is going to initiate something bigger. Be careful. Because there are many instances in history that you could look back to and say, well, that was now. And then was God obligated? No, because Hitler exterminated 6 million Jews. So... Just be careful. Be careful to that dynamic. I agree. Um, do we have, uh, again, one of the the joys of doing this with a live stream is that people can interact. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, check out the live stream of the Outlaw Radio Show, which is at 8 o'clock. What you're listening to, we record live. Um, and then what's great is you can interact with us in real time uh, by leaving comments on the thread, either on uh, OutlawRadio.live, outlaw which is our YouTube channel or facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. I will say, I, 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 I've been trying to like mix up some of just the reminders that we post on social media, uh, of what's going on. And, uh, you know, Hey, reminder tonight's episode. Uh, and I, I sent out an image. I've been trying to include images, not just logos. I've been uh, liking them. You did. I had one of you, uh, that was real time. I like him and but I sent one out today that kind of had the studio and it. it. was like the first one that like really gave kind of a And Walter commented, "Oh, uh, did he really?" really hey, Walter. Like like the picture because he was able to, you know, kind of I think gives an insight into. Yeah, we are like very close to one another. Yes. And which is why we don't have to wear headphones, which is nice. Um and uh and this is a this is I had a a a buddy came and, and hung out last week and he was like, "I thought you guys were in a basement." <laughs> I, I had no idea where you were. And it's like, no, we're not in a basement. We're in a studio. Yes. So, comments. Yes. We
2: have uh, one from a Cecil who says they are watching from Fairbanks, Alaska. And then oh. shortly after that, they commented that they are leaving for work, so they're going to listen to the podcast. So, everyone say hi to Cecil.
0: And That's of Cecil, man. Praise the Lord. Hi, Cecil. Hopefully, Cecil's a brother. And uh, welcome to the show, man. I mean, stay yes. Stay safe out there. Hey, uh, Pope. We also... Hey, Send us your information, Cecil PopeCrayton at gmail Your address, your shirt size, and uh, we will send you um, we'll send you a t shirt. Yeah, sounds good. Um, we also have a
2: um, comment from my Kathy, uh, your and she mama. says hymns are theologically sound and often profound, which oh, rhymes she rhymed, now yeah. that I say it out loud. She's
0: a poet and didn't know it, but her I feet know. show it. They're fellows. My mother
2: is wonderful. Um, no, and that. she was obviously
0: agreeing with Thanks, me, Justin,
2: because she and I are on the same page. So yeah, those are our comments. You and your
0: mom are always on the same page, about not everything. always, but often. Uh huh.
2: Does your mom like
0: Christmas right.
1: as much as you? Or yeah, you where's like, your oh. mom
0: land on Christmas? Does she know she she raised a Scrooge? A That's a good question. Vaughn, what I do you my think mom, about Christmas? Yes,
2: I think my mom likes Christmas. I'm not certain because it was definitely a lot of work on her when we were kids. Yeah, so it's hard for me like to
0: it push it yeah, yeah. back. And <laughs> yeah. I think she <laughs> sounds likes like it. Sounds like your dad actually got the wrong idea. Hey, happy birthday. Put up the Christmas decorations. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right. So tonight's topic. Okay.
2: All right. So uh, this is going to be the next in our um, series is one of, wait, that happened in the Bible? Oh, we're back
0: to it. A- We need a a sound effect for that. (laughs) So when you do it, I can hit the button. So that happened? That happened? Uh, Yeah. And this is both. So that
2: happened? What? And uh, this is an event that is just often overshadowed because of the thing that directly preceded and or followed it. Can you give me a passage of
0: scripture? Yes,
2: I can. It's going to be the end of Matthew 27. I've got it on my Bible app. Give me a sec so I can give you an actual verse. It
3: says second Kings when they boiled the child and brought it back to life. A uh, days my days.
2: mom has just put something, <laughs> has just commented again. She said Christmas ellipses, Christmas ellipses. Woohoo! Exclamation point. You guys can read into that as you feel.
0: Yeah, so she's like <laughs> Christmas isn't the actual day of Christmas. She's actually a Mrs. Scrooge McDuck. So, since uh, we're we on the same page about a lot know. of things. She, you're on the same page. Yeah, no, that was It's not really Christmas. It's not really Christmas. <laughs> it's not really Christmas. It's not really Christmas. That's what she was saying. I know Rico well. So to that point, I've heard this argument from Craig all year long. <laughs>
3: Since we don't know exactly, when boom! It was, I like that we should celebrate all. That's year That's what long. Easter's for. It's in all the right. year Speaking of,
2: of which, our Lord. That's what Easter <laughs> is for, it's and every year. Resurrection
0: Sunday. Elsewise, hey, so. that was coming. That was coming from our resident homeless man. <laughs> yeah, I'm all
3: praising right, so, the Lord all year.
2: It's gonna be uh, verse. It's gonna be Matthew 27 verses 51 through 53, and I I'll can, read it unless I, you want to get
0: there. Yeah, I'm there. I can read it. All right, you go. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion... And those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake, the things that happened. They feared greatly saying, truly this was the son of God. Yes. So my question
2: is what exactly is happening? (laughs) Because like I've heard some of the symbolism of the veil and the earthquake. And those two things are just kind of one of those things that pastors will footnote when teaching this chapter, because then they move on to Jesus being buried and all of the stuff. And they spend a lot of time on Jesus dying, which is what directly precedes all of these things happening. Um, So they just, you know, they, they footnote the symbolism of the veil. They talk about the earthquake. They do very little with 52 and 53, which I don't blame them for. Um, And then they move right along. (laughs) And it's like, what exactly is going on here? Because all of those things are crazy
0: and well they're not all crazy just really one of one of them is one crazy. of them is
2: very crazy the other two are still crazy like an earthquake if somebody died and there was an earthquake with no proximal cause between the two of them it's very strange
0: well and there was darkness over the face of the earth for three hours yes as well uh from from noon to three um so again let's set a little context in case somebody's you know, what's what? Where are we? What are we talking about? What's going on? Who's this Jesus guy? <laughs> well, it, let's assume that there's a little more than that. Yeah, okay. Um, but we're we're in the um, uh, the description of of Matthew, Matthew's gospel um, of some of the things that occurred um, at the death of Jesus. So Jesus um, is on the cross. Um, he is nailed to the tree. He's lifted in the air at 9 a.m. Uh, he'll spend a period of six hours in totality on the cross. Um, the first three hours are in light. Um, there are things that happen during those first three hours. There's some conversation that occurs between Jesus and uh, the two thieves that are on the crosses to his right and to his left, there is uh, some dialogue that takes place between Jesus and one of his apostles, his youngest, the youngest of his apostles, the apostle John, um, where he instructs John, requests of John uh, that he would take care of his mother Mary, who's there. Uh, so there's some there's some interaction, there's some conversation, some dialogue. Jesus declares, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it seems there at noon, we're told that darkness covers the earth. Now, we don't know if it's the entire earth, if it's just that particular, if it's some type of a solar eclipse, but it lasts for three hours. This is something that supernaturally happens. Again, uh, you can study that phenomenon on your own. It's fascinating. There are first century historians that document such an occurrence happening in other parts of the world. Uh, Justin can maybe speak to this at some point that there are other cultures that speak uh, to the 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 either a long elongated period of of, of daylight or a longer period of night. Like there there was there was something globally happened um, there at, at when Jesus is not dead, but he says, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" And 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 I, and I know you mentioned the imagery of it, but there's a darkness that falls on the earth, and and it is a a a creepy darkness. There's a spiritual oppression. To the darkness. Not the first time we've seen such a darkness. Um, darkness ended up being one of the plagues um, that that God used in dealing with the Egyptian people to free his his chosen people um, back during the Exodus. Darkness. This there was a spiritual oppression, uh, a a freak out to it. So there's darkness for three hours, and then Jesus, you know, finally says, you know. To is finished. Um, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathes his last. He dies. And the centurion that's charged with um, his protection um, witnesses these events happening. Uh, Matthew, also known as Levi, is one of the twelve apostles. So there is an eyewitness court like correlation to this because this is the only description of this in the scriptures. It's not like we have this repeated by John, who was there, uh, or Mark, who's re- recalling Peter's perspective, or Luke, who's doing an investigation of it. Levi, Matthew is writing, he includes this. Um, Levi has an interesting connection to, to an a entire class of people that somebody like John or Peter would not have had access to, and that was being Levi, Matthew. He had family connections to the, the entire family, um, political class, the religious class, the Sanhedrin. Um, it's why Matthew includes way more details about all the inner workings of the trials of Jesus than any of the others because he had he had access to eyewitness testimony. When he's recording the conversations that occurred uh, between Caiaphas or Annas and Jesus, or the conversation between Pilate and Jesus, or the conversation between Herod and Jesus, Matthew gives us a, an insight into that because he was able to gather the testimony the recollections of people that were present for those conversations because he was connected. He was a Levite. Um, he has a particular connection, it seems, to the centurion who witnesses some crazy things happening. Um, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Again, this substantiates my belief that the Golgotha is actually on the eastern side of, of Jerusalem, likely the Mount of Olives. It's the only vantage point uh, where the centurion could look west, through the east gate into the temple which faced east in order to see this occurrence the temple the veil being torn from top to bottom this wall of separation brought about by sin um, now being um, removed through the atoning sacrifice of jesus again the symbolism of all that but symbolism rooted in actual events the darkness yes symbolic was an actual thing the tearing of the veil in the temple, an actual thing, yes, carries spiritual significance. The earthquake, we're told in other places that the earth groans for its maker. The earth had a physical reaction to the most improbable of all events, and that was the death of Jesus. Um, what is the, the the explanation for it? I have no idea. But as a result, we're told the rock splits. Again, there seems to be some like a physical demonstration that the death of Jesus was not a normal thing. I think that that's the ultimate underlying explanation for why you see things happening with the death of Jesus you don't find happening with the death of anyone else. It's because Jesus was not anyone else. Jesus was fully man, but he was also fully God. How all this ties together, you find someone that could explain it, great. Um, he's lying to you because he doesn't know. There are some things that defy our ability to understand. The death of God. Don't know. <laughs> well, the God didn't die, God continued to live. But there's something that's happening here. And there's a physical demonstration in all kinds of ways that, that are, is meant to be a testimony. And I, and I think that's the base explanation. Darkness is a testimony of something, the effects of sin, the earthquake, a testimony. The power of, of what's happening. The veil being torn. A testimony. So all these things are, are, are intending to be physical things. People see. They experience. They feel. That's to be an eye opener that what's going on is significant. It's important not to be overlooked. It's to be understood. It's to be grappled with. Not just by the commoner that's present, but the people really involved. The centurion. The priests that are... About their business in the temple, these are these are big things. Now, the trippiest part of it is where we're told that the graves were opened, and the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And fallen asleep means that they were physically dead. Obviously, they're alive in in soul, but they, their soul returns to their physical body, and they leave. The earthquake apparently opens the graves. They're able to they're they're resurrected. They come out of the graves. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now it's interesting. Do they go back? Well, that's a great question. We'll get to that. So look at it again. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after His resurrection, they went into the holy city, holy city, and appeared to many. Now, that's an interesting thing because I mean, again, the graves being open, the, the resurrection happening, like, does this happen at the death of Jesus? Is Does this happen? Like, where does this happen? And I think the indication is the graves are open because of the earthquake, but the bodies come forth again, according to the text, not at the earthquake, but at, three days later, at the resurrection of Jesus. Because again, we're told this. Again, the graves were opened. Colon. Many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Colon. Coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Question. Yes. These saints, were they people
1: that... Like, you know, Abraham or people that are, you know, found in the, uh, the book of Hebrews what's known as the, the hall of faith or these recent, I guess, followers of Jesus who had died that are considered saints.
2: Wonderful question. And that, I, that, okay, being, no, I'll, I'll,
1: and, I'll and answer then, that to the best of my ability. And then that being said, where it says that Jesus died and he went to go to Abraham's bosom, to declare himself there. How does that fit in?
0: That's an interesting thought. Very interesting thought. So let's, let's figure out how to unpack this. Yeah. (laughs) And again, by unpack this means (laughs) to do our best with something that's obviously very complicated. A body's resurrected. Let's actually take one step back something else that you said that might give us some interesting context. Again, and we're postulating a theory here. So humanity kind of devolves into two groups of people. At least that's how we kind of frame it. That humanity is presented into those that died before the crucifixion of Jesus so that they were people looking towards the cross and whether they went to Abraham's bosom paradise or Hades was determined upon their faith and the fact that God would provide a savior so you have half of humanity that exists before the cross right and they're, they're the evaluation of whether or not they'll go to heaven or not is based upon faith and a coming work of God w- you're with me right yeah And then there's the second group of people that come after the resurrection of Jesus that are looking back to the full work of Christ, right? And they're placing their faith in a work that God has accomplished. And that's what gives them access to to heaven. What happens to, and again, this wouldn't be a large number of people, but what about the people that die And a very small window of human history between the two? <laughs> so they die in a sense that they, they, like, they, like Jesus has died but hasn't rose. So you can't look towards the cross because the cross is behind you. Ooh. But you can't really look back to the cross because the resurrection hasn't happened. And so you're like, there's a three day kind of window of human history that what if there's a third category of people that die in this window? This really makes sense. Okay. I know yeah, you was thinking the same yeah, thing. Like there's this, there's this window and I had no idea this was the topic. This we kind of, you got me thinking about something. So there's, there's a third category of people that are kind of like stuck in like, they can't look back. They can't look forward. They're like in the middle of it. And it's these group of people, these saints, that end up experiencing the graves. Or they've literally just died because, again, their body hasn't decomposed. And again, we know that they're not resurrected, they're revived because they die again. And that's the answer to the audience question. Like these people die again. When? We don't know. But they, but they die in this small window. And it's like Jesus is going by, and the boom, they're back, and now they're testifying. Like you have no idea what I just saw. The, and this makes so much more sense. And and so and now. so they they come back, and the, so the resurrection power of Jesus brings this group of people. It gives them the opportunity to testify.
1: Well, it makes sense because the Abraham's bosom was there for those that, like you said, are again, humanity is always divided into two categories. Yeah. So basically when you died, you either had a, and I think we talked about this, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? We kind of, you kind of mentioned this, Abraham's bosom is a place where it is basically two levels of hell. Essentially, where you, you in because you you have it in the story of uh, Jesus
2: and uh, Lazarus, Lazarus yes yeah. and the in the different the rich dead Lazarus, right? You're right, different and, but, Lazarus, but like this, you get the, the poor man, yeah, you get the the, Lazarus and the no, it is Lazarus and the rich man. In but the you, rich get man, the, yeah. you get the you get the
1: imagery of it, right and we see this divide between these two groups of people, and if Jesus is there ministering or or, or explaining, talking to the people in Abraham's bosom. That three day period where he hasn't rose again, it, they can't go to heaven because death hasn't been fully paid yet because he hasn't risen from the dead yet. But they, they can't go to Abraham's bosom either either because it, it's basically they're caught occupied. They, they died
0: at the wrong time, right? So what's the solution to that? They're resurrected. <laughs> they got They got to live again. <laughs> they got They're resurrected <laughs> to testify.
1: I mean, like, crap, I can't get into paradise. i got to go back to this junk of a
0: place. What? I'll tell you, <laughs> C.S. Lewis missed something. Can you imagine a right. short story of that journey? Yeah, it would be really good. I mean, that would be, you would talk about, like, an HBO miniseries. Like, you're that guy. I think your wife needs to write another book. Another kid's book. Um, little Johnny that got caught in limbo. Left Between. Right. Left Between. Left Between. Left Between. Left Between. <laughs> <Melanized> <laughs> left Between. Left Between. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, this is one yeah. of the most complicated, <laughs> convoluted passages of scripture. Thank you, Creighton, for dropping that. But, this
2: is my favorite day of the week sometimes. But seriously, though,
0: just kind of like freestyling some thoughts here, kind of working this out, like you're just watching this happen. Um Do any of our aud- audience members have
1: any? I'm uh, just saying on this? that, like, uh, this is mind blowing to me right now. Like, this is
0: um, so because I've- that would give those people. They had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to go, That's so they wild. might as well come back. Right. And they probably, and again, if you've worked the timeline, so like they, they awake, the, the, the graves are open, they're awake, and they're laying there like, this can't be happening. You know, like, like this is like, what is going Why on? Why do I have
1: dirt in my mouth? And then like,
0: and then at the resurrection, they come forth. Oh, this is this is my chance. This is my opportunity to testify. I, and then they all die again. I feel a sermon coming. Future sermon. For this. <laughs> know mm. You know, I taught through Matthew and didn't have this. It's because you didn't have me asking the right questions. Because
2: everyone skips these two verses. And again, I, I don't these blame verses. them.
0: I did not skip you these just verses. You didn't I have just, me.
2: I just don't remember
1: what I said. You just don't you didn't have me asking the question. It always comes back
0: to you, Justin. It really does.
1: It, it, you know, it's, it's the hot sauce I like. It's why you're here.
0: <laughs> it's why you're here. I agree. I'm just saying, deal daddy. What are your thoughts over there?
3: (laughs) No, man, this is wild. Yeah. I'm still, I'm stuck on the left between left between. That's that's a great, that should be the title of
0: the, of, of tonight's episode. Right. Yeah, it is.
3: Left between. Yeah. That's wild.
0: Because there really is a third category of people. Yeah. Yeah. I never
3: really thought about like, no, but that totally makes sense. And what if,
0: what if, and again, I don't know in in, in your archeology, archeology world. I don't, I don't know. Like, this seems to be um, again within the text. It seems isolated to Jerusalem,
1: right? And that—that's
3: the thing. Like, but well, what if it's like, global? Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Because why wouldn't it be global? But my question is, how could it in be global? That time, so like, why? Why, why not? It, uh, it, I, it could be. It could be
1: seen that way because I mean, you have stuff like the the Temple of Heaven in and how many in historians China. are going
0: to write about this? Because guess what, you can't explain it at all. Yeah. I mean, the best
1: explanation is they were asleep and they woke up. Oops, we got it wrong. Johnny was just taking a nap. I, it, but I, it, it, it I don't is, know, man. it is this weird, it is this weird little section where I, I don't know how to answer it.
0: John Schaefer just texted me globally, not just Jerusalem. I agree with you, John. Totally. Uh, No, I mean, again, again, this could be, what we're saying here could be completely nonsensical and totally off base. And we get to heaven and Jesus is like, that was the dumbest episode of the Outlaw (laughs) radio show. But (laughs) to which I'd be like, Jesus, thanks for listening. (laughs) I think
1: there is a a clarifying thing in here where it says the saints, though. And, And that's usually not. They don't really use the word saints for like this is past you know, tense. Abraham and stuff it's like a that. Past, no, no, no. I, it?
0: I, I with you. It's a past tense description by Matthew though, because guess what? I guarantee you, every one of those people yeah. were believers. Yeah, they were. I guarantee you, globally, you want but, to talk about the greatest? How about this idea? The greatest single revival in human history, but was literally right, was right there. But my question is, it was the greatest <laughs> revival. My question is. I don't think it was global
1: because you don't they don't use saint the word saint to describe anybody but Christians.
0: Because they're all Christians. Everybody right. everybody that everybody in that three day window that died that got to witten the, the the left betweeners. They were all converts.
1: So how did they... Com- My question is, how did they convert? Did they convert... Were they in Abraham's bosom in those three days, or were they not in Abraham's bosom and, and resurrected? Did Jesus minister to them? They're then? all in
2: Abraham's bosom. I mean, you can make but the argument... that's question.
1: So if you can saints- make the
2: argument... I have no idea oh, the oh, answer. that's right, because they wouldn't make it to Abraham's bosom. Right, that's what we're saying. They were well, left between. Well, hold on. <laughs> because... I'm going to throw another wrench in because if I'm not much mistaken, you say the two groups. I think that only counts Christians. Because, again, if I'm not much mistaken... Everybody goes to Hades now. Everyone goes to Hades. They're still in Abraham's bosom. That's what I'm saying. So any of the non-Christians would have made it to Abraham's bosom. So
0: it was just the Christians that died. So it would just, just been the Christians they had who had the died. Expe- so they were living their life with the expectation of the Messiah, but they died in like this small window. They couldn't see it. Though you could argue but the they Jews be, would make they it. they wouldn't be there for the preaching.
1: Right, so, that's what I'm saying. So it wouldn't be global at that point. Well, it's it would be global,
0: considered... no, but it's global, but only for those that were that died in faith, which would so isolate a,
1: it to basically the Jerusalem. And, well, and but it's Galilee a global phenomenon. Fin-
0: well, I mean, do you think that there was nobody? I mean, I, that, that's a whole other topic. But I mean, <laughs> oh, this I, is I such think, a grenade. I think that there are there are other cultures that would have probably had faith in a, a Messiah, a Christ, maybe not using even the same terminology. Right, but that's I, a whole I other think, conversation. But, but I
1: think those people would have been—I don't know how to answer this.
0: I don't either, ph- man. A global phenomenon that's applicable to the saints.
1: So what I'm saying is, archaeologically, archeolo- <laughs> ar- you don't see any other evidence for a resurrection time From in, resurrection. In, for a mass resurrection anywhere else in the world. And why don't we really see an extra biblically in, in with the Bible? Because if it's in a small area in Jerusalem, that's going to be easier to isolate and shut down. That, that, I guess that's, that's my... Or just let the stories die out.
0: Right. Or yeah, everyone's I mean, like, this is the creepiest thing. I don't even know what to say. How are you going to write this? Let's just forget about it. Like yeah. of the four, yeah, of the four gospel authors, only Matthew's like, yeah, I'll take a stab. And he does it in the only way that I think you like can do. Like the vaguest two verses you can get.
2: Yes. The most annoying way to do it from our perspective. Right. Which is just no explanation. This thing totally happened.
0: Have fun. And then move on. <laughs> You're right. I don't know what to say. I
2: like this. I mean, it this was a fun conversation.
0: I mean, we, we did kind of go some direction. We, we kind of maybe broke some ground here on the Outlaw Radio Show with uh, a theory. No, no one's ever really presented I've before. i left you
1: without words, so, I mean, it, it's,
2: it's, it's kind of, <laughs> I can land the plane.
0: I have never, I mean, that's a brand new thought. I've it's never heard right. that before. I've never heard anybody teach that before. I've studied this extensively. I've taught, I recently taught through Matthew. Obviously you haven't ex- studied it extensively enough. Well, maybe this was <laughs> its own revelation, which if it's new, it's not true, which means we're in borderline heresy. I don't know.
1: Hey, this is our Bible study. They're just long for the ride.
2: I think I can land the plane, though. Things.
0: We need we need to, we need, I need to bring this to David Guzik. Yes. To see what he thinks of this theory. Also, if you have
2: questions that you would like to have Zach take a stab at,
0: <laughs> nice email segue. me at
2: popecreighton at gmail.com. Nice segue. Also, if you take these questions to other people and they don't respond with, this might be crazy, and then telling you what they're going to think, <laughs> yeah, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Anybody that talks about these two verses and is very adamant about what happened, eh. Probably not.
0: Except for us, we absolutely know what happened. We're one hundred percent. We totally killed it. We unpacked it. We killed it for sure. <laughs> we totally nailed it. Nailed that one. Any any comments online? Anything? Karen says that this is fascinating. <laughs> That's all it, we no, do. I, I I agree. It I, really is. It is. It. That is one way to describe it.
2: Ah. I also have two more mothers weighing in. Two more mothers? Yes. Colette says that nothing is impossible for God with an exclamation point. And Karen says it was Passover. Those who died were not prepared for burial, which I hadn't thought about.
0: Now that's a wrinkle. <laughs> yeah. They hadn't been embalmed yet. Yeah. But, yet.
1: Yeah, but again, where did they go? Cause their souls obviously weren't still in their bodies. Well, I don't know. I've never been. there. Or what if they were? You're the closest thing I have to that, being able to answer that. Hey, that's,
0: yeah. man, you just opened Pandora's box. No, because, yeah. because, because I can imagine be being in there and be like, for four there's months. Jesus. Jesus is on the way. Be like, what's up, bud? <laughs> right? Hey, hey, I wait, just three, give me three days. We're going back. <laughs> we won't be there long, but we're going back. You know what I mean? You, you got me.
1: I would have been, seriously. I would have given him like one of these. Okay. Okay. Yeah, seriously.
0: I just got here. Again, one that's. there's the,
3: the, a thousand in his court. So realistically, it could be years.
0: Yeah, I spent a th- I spent 3,000 <laughs> years in heaven. Yeah. And God's like, yeah, you haven't left your body yet. Dude, yeah. It'd be like going to
1: Narnia, I guess. Yeah,
3: 100%. Like, why wouldn't it be? Conceptually, if we operate within the spiritual plane and the more in our physical plane, Like, we're constantly at war within the spiritual plane against our flesh, but we operate within our own mortal plane, but this is still there, so why wouldn't it?
1: Narnia. Narnia.
3: Like, no, yeah, we're constantly in those planes, we just don't have full access to the other plane that is obviously constantly there. We just don't have full access to it, but it is there. What a, so that's what if why you had had access all the verses and them taking days. them through the, yeah exactly look well, with them taking them through the pits and the revelations and stuff it could just be access maybe to, it's temporary maybe access to those maybe things.
1: it takes more than three days to get to Abraham's bosom
3: how it took the because you know like in fighting. C. S. Lewis like that,
1: physically in C. S. Lewis's uh, the Great Divorce it's a bus that brings him in there. Well, it's true. Well, you remember know, the
3: angel he had to fight for a couple days. He said, "Hey, yeah, I got held up with some spiritual warfare. Like we were fighting off these things." He said, "It took me a little while—literal days, literal time—in another realm that took to get to the thing." He Why? was like, "Yeah, this is the mission I was sent on. I got held up. We're snowballing bad.
1: on this." Well, thing. I think. <laughs> well,
3: I think yeah, like, that this
0: just got crazy. I will. I will say this. All we know right now is to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So right now. The moment I die, I'm with I'm with Jesus. Like that's an instantaneous thing. However, there is nothing to my recollection in Scripture that tells us how long the journey would be to Abraham's bosom. Mm. I have no idea. And you're right. You bring up the angel being sent by God and gets the spiritual. Ba- I you know what could take literal time. Uh, John John out. did text me. He says he says recent dead would be a bigger testimony versus you died a hundred years ago. Uh, and, and, and I, I agree with that. John seems to have expert vision at this point.
2: <laughs> Which is good because we need it. <laughs> well, he to just had cataract surgery. Oh, oh I get it.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we, we have... We have I don't we didn't land the plane we, yeah, we literally started. crash landed no, the plane we took off and went
3: to a different <laughs> destination we didn't we never landed we went hey we're, uh, actually sh- we're uh, gonna go fly to yeah. India
0: real quick yeah <laughs> um, oh! not sure we we ran into some turbulence yeah uh, great great one Creighton thank you for all of that appreciate it
2: I'm gonna take every one of those without the sarcasm that you just painted on there because this was fantastic.
0: This is it. Uh, John. John just said, oh, I see. This, uh, is, this is
1: the hands down. The most audience participation we've had in the comment section amen. ever. Hey, a yeah. Day.
0: Thanks for you guys. It's, uh, you know, I, let me throw this out. We'll get out of here, but, um, I don't know if we want to try to do this between now and the end of the year, or maybe try to like pick one of those cold, dreary nights in Feb and January or whatever but we should do an actual like just move all the gear live
1: live show to live to, the, to the
0: church and just set up in the middle of the sanctuary so that there's like anybody and everybody could come and like just open it up where hey the doors open at 7 and and man we go live like we always do at 8 and do like a full um like we there's a live audience but the studio only there's only 3 additional places where people could sit Unless you want to get real close to Justin, potential fourth.
1: <laughs> yeah, spot right here. right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But, like, it, it would be, we need to talk about that. And uh, it would take a little work to move some of the gear. But Is there any
2: way that I can, like, I can produce from, like, a room so that people can't see me?
0: Oh, no, you got to like, be, no, no. no, be, like, no, no. No, we're going to be in everybody. the exact same... Yeah. In fact, we might even like. Well, for him to run the camera, so you have to be in the back anyway. No, but. we'd move all that. We'd move it all, all. Oh. oh no, gone. we would literally literally take this setup, put it in the middle of the sanctuary, take the desk. with yeah, the light, probably, not the desk. Yeah. <laughs> this desk would you'd have to remove the wall to get this desk out of this literally. Room. We built literally, literally the room, room was built around this what would desk. You do
3: everybody, we have Nick, Kyle, Robert on there. Like <laughs> Anybody, on and there. we could have we could have Nitty. one
0: open line mic, on a handheld.
3: Yeah. That could I be passed know, around. Let's do it. And it's a two-hour special.
0: Two-hour special. We That's what that. everyone's clamoring for. Yeah, more.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to start at seven. We're going yeah. to
0: take all two hours
1: to finish talking about if the three days was enough. to. Get yeah, there. yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to...
0: <laughs> no, this sounds like an awesome idea until you really think about it. Yeah. Then it sounds then like it sounds, it sounds it even could better. Be <laughs> we'll have coffee. Yeah, we'll have coffee. Just don't think
3: about it. Yeah. Oh John
0: Schaefer goes golly. live band too. Now that would be funny. Live band, yeah. That'd and be funny, like an me. intro, an intro, <laughs> intro, because intro because band John habit. i be sitting
1: there doing that, the yeah. thing on the drums. I don't even really know how to do it. Yeah. Every it's time again,
0: points. this is going to snowball so is. hard. I like
1: snowballs, it's like Christmas. Oh, my show. good guys. A late yeah. night show, exactly.
3: We have to move this to like an SNL style thing. Like I did, is, it's uh, completely different now. <laughs> yeah, very, exactly.
0: very first home Bible study I ever started was a college and career ministry. I was a youth pastor, but I started a thing in my apartment. Um, we called it Calvary Late Night. So, our, our slogan was uh, verse by verse while the rest of the world slept. And we started like 9.30 on a, on a Friday night. Like after you'd gone and done whatever you wanted to, come hang out. We're going to have a Bible study. And uh, it lasts like four weeks. It was great. <laughs> uh,
2: I have another wrinkle now that we're going to shut this place down. Yeah. Uh, Karen just messaged again. This would be, um, he said, to the thief, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And I'm pretty sure the thief died before Jesus. Or...
3: Because they came around him. to
2: break legs, and I'm pretty sure the other two were dead, or maybe they were still alive and they broke their legs
3: and Jesus we died. don't. died. I'm well, not I mean, we, don't,
0: we don't know when he died. We don't know if he died at that point or if he died before. We, we maybe, don't know.
3: We don't know if it was just him. It is Dude.
0: interesting that today you'll be with me in paradise. Maybe Jesus had a buddy pass. <laughs> He's like, I got one buddy pass with me to get to paradise. The rest of the world in this limbo...
3: All right, bro, you're in. Yeah, I got you. I don't
0: know. I yeah. don't have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't either. That's a great. It's a great observation. It, the the text seems to indicate that the that the two thieves died after Jesus, because okay, because they came by and Jesus was already dead, which is why they didn't break his legs. When we host, but out but again, in
3: heaven with Jesus. That'll be sick.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. But again, we don't actually specifically know. To be fair, when he died. But but even then, to the argument. Like, he's there. He's already placed his faith in Jesus. So he has seen what's happening on the cross. The reason Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise, is he's seeing his death on the cross. What the first group of people is looking towards and what the second group of people is looking back to, he's like the unique guy. He's there. And he sees it. He's there and he places his faith in it. Interesting. Which which means that he fits... He kind of fits within the first category, which mm-hmm. is why Jesus says, You'll be with me in paradise as opposed to heaven. But he's he's placed his faith. He's been able to see the cross.
3: So he's still at the before.
0: Yeah, we're talking he about would count as the before. Yeah. And okay. you gotta remember, like Jesus' crucifixion, everything that happens, it happens under the cover of darkness. He is on the cross at nine a.m. People haven't even woken up and this is one city and I like people don't know. Jesus is dead till he's dead for most people. Most people are oblivious to anything that's just happened. Um, so you know that it'd be easier to get caught into that, like limbo three day thing. I'm not sure that the thief on the cross is a great example. Agreed. But I think he fits in the first category if we had to make an honest argument, because he's able to look towards the cross we're talking about a group of people that, like, they die before they can see the cross. Right. Die before
2: they can see the cross, but after Jesus has died on. It's, again, it, he, somebody
0: remember this conversation so we can ask Jesus later. Mm. Right.
2: Mm.
0: I don't think we'll care. Yeah. yeah okay. Or we'll meet some people that like, do I have a story <laughs> for you? And <laughs> like All comes sweet.
3: up like, y'all remember that one time you were talking crazy about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> D was looking like a homeless guy, and y'all were talking about crazy stuff. John the stuff. Baptist
3: comes up, daps me up. He's like, "Hey, hey man, he looks exactly the same." Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm just gonna be like, "You what?
0: You watched our podcast yeah. from heaven? Yeah, <laughs> you want some locusts? Yeah, <laughs> you want some, some locusts? Yeah, locust. How about yeah, some, honey? some honey?
3: Yeah, dude, let me try.
0: I'm still, I'm gonna have to like wrap my brain around John looking like Deal Daddy Derek." Mm. I was like a Jewish deal, daddy. It was rough and rugged. I bet he's got a better
1: beard than he does. Oh, My John, baby. absolutely. Well, did. he didn't
0: accidentally cut it off like right. a moron.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, we're going to we're, we're so gonna
0: bounce. Any final thoughts? We've got to get out of here. Anybody else? Great show. Good? Audience member, you got anything? All right, we got the I'm good. You good, Cray? Good topic. Fun topic. I'm good. All right, we're rocking some music. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, if you are watching live... So glad you joined us. Uh, Check out the podcast. Released on Thursdays, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you are listening to the podcast, if you're a subscriber, thank you. Uh, Check out the live stream of what you're listening to. You can put faces to names and engage in the conversation. Uh, We live stream Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, With all that being said, man, may God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, you can learn all about the show by going to outlawradio.org. God bless